This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. We are back with part two of our live workshop, our last live workshop of 2020 with Judy from Thrive. This is a workshop that we recorded. You can do by yourself with friends and or do it with us. I mean, we share our answers and and you can share them out loud even if we're not physically in the room with you. But our conversation here is gonna be a follow-up from the workshop on how to be present or focusing on creating a reality in a world where we are in the present moment. These are going to be some of our key insights and takeaways from doing the workshop. And then just a really honest food conversation on how we view presence, where we're all personally at, even though we're life coaches, people that create podcasts, we struggle with this stuff too. So we hope you enjoy. Let's jump in. Just a broader conversation on presence with the three of us. I know we typically start with the conversation, but it's, it was kind of fun. Like, I think a lot more came up during the workshop because we didn't do that, which is kind of fun. It felt more (laughs) of like a conversational workshop, but, um, what's here for you guys now around presence that we've kind of sat with that. How like this year, definitely the cycle, the waves and the flows, because I'm thinking about like where I'm at right now, where I was at even at the beginning of the year in the middle of the year and how much like some moments in the middle of the year, I've been so present and like rooted in me and what I'm looking for and what I want in life. And not, not necessarily naively thinking like, this is it, but you know, being at that high of like the growth and being like, I have done it. I am confident I am here. And then in like the latter half of the year starting to go like back to a probably a similar place that I was earlier and still acknowledging that there's been like growth between the two walls. Um, so that's definitely coming up for me just that it's, it is an ongoing practice. And when I'm put into new experiences, new playgrounds, different, uh, different setups, like it's like re I don't know, learning a new layer of it, maybe not relearning, but like learning another aspect of it or learning to be present in this experience. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. I think what's come up for me loud and clear is that embracing of the tough times. Um, I think, what do you used to say at Thrive? It was like embrace the suck or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't negate the the suck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's like been really, and and just how often when the sucky stuff shows up, I've, I've tried to make it not be that instead of like really having sincerity to trying to not even try, like sitting in it and then recognizing, oh, I'm still running or I'm still trying to distract. Um, But that has been so much of um, this year and, and, and presence is, it's not about, it's not another tool to devoid. It's not another tool to, to disconnect. It's a tool to really allow me to safely sit with what is, um, or to know, hey, I actually need more support in order to safely sit with, with this. Um, and so, yeah, it is kind of weird that it's actually been more about like this, the, all the emotions that seem really uncomfortable (laughs) than it has been about 
peace, but for some reason, then I've been able to experience a more depth of peace because I can experience those things without having to put so much action around them, if that makes any sense at all. It's kind of weird. What's coming up for me is the, this idea of flow. I was at, at a conference recently um, called Transtech, and there's an author there that was doing, that was talking about um, flow. And that's, that's his big thing is flow. And how do we get everybody into flow at work more, you know, and, and so I, I see presence, like I said earlier, you know, if I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by the sustainability piece of it. And so I know, like I said, in myself, I have, I have definitely experienced it and experience it more regularly than I ever have before. Um, but I love what you said, Rachel, about, you know, when we think of flow, we're thinking about, I think about it, maybe not everybody does, but I think about it from that place of more peace and contentment. And, and what we've talked about today, I think is so much more important because it's more, it's the experience of life. And so, yes, trying to be in flow is great and it's a great experience and, it, and it's amazing and we are human. And so, um, you know, this conference that I went to was a lot about tech and how it brings out these, uh, these kind of flow experiences. But I, I want to be in this experience. And so that's what's coming up for me in the, in the present, in the terms of presence is, you know, it allows me, again, this experience of life to be so full and robust. I love the word sustainability. Um, mm -hmm. And I was asked, I was like sitting with that and being like, what am I sustaining when I practice presence? And what came up was life. I mean, mm -hmm. my own aliveness, my own experience of life, my own real experience of life versus chasing some good feelings um, and how much effort that actually is to be constantly trying to be in a state of like, happy, content, like it is just exhausting. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've been trying to get there for others, trying to get there for myself and, and to really, really be inviting uh, a question of what's sustainable here that I've tried for 37 years. At this point in my life, it is no longer sustainable. And so some people might be able to make it longer than that. Um, or less than that, um, at this point, I've, I've hit a, a crossroads where like that way is not sustainable. And so, but what has been, what has actually expanded is my ability to be with what is, to sustain the aliveness. Um, so I, lo I love that. Thank you. Well, and I think I, I struggle with that too, like the idea of chasing happiness, because even in like some of the people that I really admire and I like follow their work, they're still talking about like finding happiness and, you know, chasing joy. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I, I want those things in my life, but I don't know. I, I still struggle with that. I'm like, but I'm trying to sit in my anxiety. I'm trying to sit in my sadness. And yes, when I sit in those things, it normally frees up space that I can then later find joy and happiness. 
but not always. So I don't know, that just came up for me because I still like, I find myself in my head and like anxious points. It's like, just, you know, be happy. Do be the person that you want to be, which is this happy, fun person. But I almost feel like I'm like doing a disservice to myself too. Like it, it is, I'm still not like addressing the less pretty emotions and experiences in life. And I don't know if either of you, I don't know if there's an end point, but I'm like, how have you solved that? <laughs> what are your five steps to solve my distress in life? <laughs> I, I think you hit the nail on the head though, Janelle, you know, these messages of um, finding happiness in quotes, right? And then, you know, or being joyful. I, the way that I, it, the easiest way to, for me to describe things to people is the essence of it. What do I experience versus the five steps, right? And I know you're kind of joking when you're talking about the five steps, but there's a lot out there that are like, here are the five steps. Um, and so for me, it's a lot easier because what works for me is, is not going to be the same for you because you're a completely different human with completely different experiences and a completely different filter than I have. And so um, the essence of, of all of this for me is honestly, and it, it just sounds so cliche, but getting so comfortable with who you are that the anxiety is no longer there and it allows you to be in the present moment. And, and I would say those were the key things that got me to where I am today in terms of my experience of life. And most people know me as a very optimistic person, um, but, I, but it, is, it is genuine. And it's not that I never go into the embracing the suck um, and, and have those moments of, you know, this, this is not, I don't feel great about these things, but I have learned that when I do it from a superficial space of trying to make it better or make my experience better, that's not my authentic self. And so it doesn't feel good. And it feels like it creates um, a ripple effect throughout my life that continues that pattern of kind of being outside of myself. And so I don't know if I'm actually answering your question, but um, for me, that, that is the thing I think that has been most significant was how do I continue that practice of really embracing and loving all of me? Um, and that is another key to where I, where I am today. Yeah, I think that makes what sense. I, uh, I was just gonna give an example because you said that and I'm like, yeah, I've actually experienced something similar to that. Uh, I've been applying for a ton of jobs and getting a ton of a redirection letters or emails, which really means I didn't get the job. And um, I wrote a cover letter and I was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna write this cover letter because I think cover letters are boring. Like in the exact way that I would wanna write a cover letter and just do it and put it out there. And um, I still, like I don't have an outcome from, from that yet, but there is like a, like a peace and just like an acceptance and like I did this as authentically and the way that I wanted to do it despite what I think I was supposed to do or the recommendations of writing a cover letter and this is probably <laughs> terrible job advice right I'm looking for a job but 
I'm like, whatever. Like, I feel pretty good about it. I love the cover letter. And if they don't like it, don't hire me. Like, fine. But, um, but like, I felt good walking away from that experience. And I actually found joy in it versus I've been writing a lot of other cover letters that are very standard and just like, here's the format. Here's how I'm supposed to write it. I found your job on LinkedIn. I am very excited and qualified to work for your company, you know, and like doing it differently and feeling good about it. Like that was like, I just, you said that and I was like, Oh, like I just experienced that in a different way. And I still don't know the outcome, which is kind of fun because I'm just proud of how I did it. And yeah, because you did it for you. Mm-hmm. I, I think exactly. that's the cool, that's the difference. And that to me is the exact, like what we've been talking about with presence. You stayed with you and, get, you know, we're shining that out into the world. And whatever happens with it, you did it for you, not for them. And I, I think that's another really cool way to look at presence is, you know, how do, how do, how do I do the things that really enliven me um, in this present moment. And I, yeah, that, that's a great example. I yeah. love that. And it was so relevant for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a flow state. Like I was writing and I was like, yeah. <laughs> fun, 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 me. <laughs> like, yeah. And I got done and I was like, that didn't suck. Like normally when I write a cover letter, it's exhausting. It takes a lot of energy out of me. And that one was just like, you know, I'm speaking from my heart and it is what it is. I, I would love, I mean, just, I would totally invite you to continue to do that. And I mean, that is what I know from my experiences and what my clients' experiences is the more you can do that, you're going to connect with the people that you want to be with. And I think that that is absolutely, when we talk about chasing joy and happiness, like that's why you do it right there, what you just described. That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad that, yeah, I'm like, I just did it. Thank you. Cause I feel good about myself. Cause I was definitely walking into this being like, Rawr. but I'm um, trying to like channel that experience into other aspects of my life too. Like, how, yeah, how can I continue mm-hmm. to do that? Because that, that is like the money, that is the joy and like the, and not taking life too seriously and, and just being in the experience that you want to be in and, and, and not feeling forced either cool that we were able to capture this before you had an outcome because I I, I just want to like pause for you and give you the space to feel what you're feeling and to know that no matter what happens as a result of it, this feeling is still true and more important. And even if the outcome, I mean, you started to say it, even if the outcome doesn't work quote unquote in your favor because you got the job. Like we don't actually know if that's in your favor or not. And if you were your authentic self and you didn't get the job, again, maybe that's in your favor because it wasn't going to be a fit. And so um yeah, I I I love that. Um I was also gonna say when you spoke to embracing who you are, I've often what came up for me right after was I've been in personal development worlds where choice becomes like the next, like that word just showed up for me right after you said that. And, and in choosing, choosing can almost be a chase is what came up for me. Because if, if I'm embracing who I, the parts of me that I want to see and not all of the parts of me, I am still choosing to chase something outside of myself. And so it is nuanced, but I always struggled with 
with that idea of of choice because um well one to your point you know like sometimes i'm i i want to choose good feelings but that's not actually the choice that's going to best serve me right now and so um thinking about choice from a standpoint of where i actually am and what would best serve me now knowing that i have these desires and i also am here it's like taking in the fuller picture versus just trying to force um yourself to be in a space like you can try any of the stuff on you can like i can put on joy and i can feel it in my body but if there's something unresolved there like at some point there has to, a bridge has to gap those two um, and so eventually it's going to catch up with itself. And so can I hold all of it, which is what you're saying, Judy, like embracing all of who I am right now and taking all of that into consideration. What's the choice that best serves me right now? Um, so yeah, I, those concepts have all kind of floated around for me before. And I've been kind of pissed off at them. Actually, <laughs> Like, don't tell me I have a choice when I don't actually, I know I have a choice. I actually don't feel like and don't now make now I feel ashamed that I can't muster up the choice that I want to have that I can't seem to have. And you're telling me to just have it. And then it's on me because I can't just fucking step into it. And, um, but really if I can acknowledge what I want and where I am, I don't, there's like an honoring there that allows me to settle into the environment of choosing or all of it into consideration. I think the one thing that has come up for me, and um, I don't know why specifically it's coming up as you're, you're talking about that, but there are a lot of people that I have worked with that have believed or believe that personal development and growth is, is about fixing you, fixing yourself. And, um, and I think that there's a lot of messaging around that. And, and the way that I see personal development and growth is that it is actually about embracing you, not fixing you. And so it's really about leaning into um, the, you know, every aspect of who you are. And I know I kind of verbalized this earlier, but to me, you know, to, to, I, I think it's so cool to be able to shift that perspective for people um, because I see a lot of people that come into the personal growth or personal development space that are coming from what they feel is deficit space, that they're, you know, they are doing this because they want to be a different person. And when they get into the space, it, it can be hard for them to start embracing who they are because they've had this story for so long that they need to fix themselves. And so um, that is one of my biggest, you know, kind of frustrations and joys at the same time, because when I get somebody that I can shift them into really seeing and owning kind of this fullness of imperfection that we all are, um, it creates such a different life experience for them. And again, Rachel, to your point, <clears throat> it's not that we don't have things that we're learning about, you know, and things that we're trying to do differently because maybe they haven't created the results that we've wanted and, and things like that. And it's not to negate that, but if we start there and that's the only thing we focus on, then that's, then we're continually in that deficit space. 
So getting people to understand and embrace all of them for me is really important in the world. I love that too. I've been following this woman who started the Narcissist Recovery Center, I think it's called. I'll link it in the show notes Um, because I'm working on my own codependency and there's some, um, she invites the idea that narcissism and codependency actually go pretty hand in hand. Um, And that was a really tough pill for me to swallow (laughs) because I was like, I am not a fucking narcissist. And when I sat with some of the overt and covert narcissism, I kind of removed the invited, I invited myself to like, okay, can I ask myself where these qualities may show up? What parts of me do kind of lean those Let me just like get curious. Um, There was an embracing, there was a, because on the surface, I could be like, oh, well, then there must be something fucked up about me if I'm a narcissist or if I have narcissistic tendencies in some capacities, there's something broken in me that does need to be fixed. And she speaks to the disservice of just saying nobody's broken. And what I think we've bridged here for me, so just hang with me as I like bring my thoughts together, is personal development which I love the idea that that is actually embracing the idea that we are whole and that embracing all of the wholeness of who we are, that actually allows you to see the parts of you that aren't functioning as efficiently as they could. And so it's not about finding the deficit to fix it. It's about embracing all of it so that you can see it so that you can ask for the help and then go where the, because the narcissism, and the codependency are survival tactics. And when I can see them for what they are and see them as a part of my wholeness, I can do, I can do something with it without being like, and, and so she speaks to, there is something that is broke, is something that needs to be fixed. And like, yeah, that like your system isn't working as efficiently as it could, but it doesn't mean that you don't have the capacity to be able to, work on that and heal that. And you, the personal development that I'm hearing you say is, can I erase that process? Not from a place of deficit and I'm piece of shit, but from a place of, okay, this is a part of who I am based on the experience that I have for whatever reason, maybe, maybe it matters why, maybe it doesn't. Um, but can I embrace that so that I can sincerely show up to, to find more efficiencies or love that or understand it more without being the added and I suck and I'm still a piece. And this is just proof that I am fucked up and rah, rah, rah. that's well, my story. So and, I'll and, just. <laughs> and I see it when I, when I hear you describing it that way, I see the, a lot of that as more of a behavior, right? And a behavior is only one small thing that we, it's a thing that we do. And so <clears throat> behavior isn't necessarily our being, right? It's more of our doing. And so when I talk about it from that term, uh, from that sense of, you know, it's a habit that we've formed. That's a behavior. It's a behavior can be changed, right? But the wholeness and the fullness of who we are is not that behavior. Yeah, totally. So I love that. (laughs) Sitting with, I've been sitting with her comment of like, she got really upset about the fact that in the healing world, people will be like, 
nobody's broken. And she's like, no, no, mental illness is a real thing. And there is broken things happening. We need to acknowledge that. And so I was like sitting with, because I do, I'm like, I think it's both is like where I'm landing. And I think that's where I was like, it's not that that's wrong. I mean, she is kind of right. Like there are aspects of my, my processing that like don't work for me. Like, and I do believe that I'm whole and complete and, and there's like a capacity component there of, um, I don't know. There's like a possibility piece to it that there's an openness. So I, I guess I'm still playing with it, but I do think they both coexist. I, I agree. I, lo- I love that. I think it's a great conversation. Yeah. I have a question. We spoke about, um, how presence allows you to be connected to self so you can be connected with to others. But I, I guess what came up for me pretty quickly after we ended this was a lot of this was in connecting to self and your own access point to the world and your aliveness. How does presence show up to be able to, when you're in connection with another person, how does that look for y'all? Like a really big question for me right now. I know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna answer this in like a way that I don't know, hopefully I'm not like oversharing or sharing stories that aren't mine, but I find one, if I'm not connected to myself or present with myself, like I don't show up that well and the connection isn't fueled. And we I think we just talked about that on a podcast episode that'll come out at some point around this one of if I'm not with me which I think being present is being with yourself too. Um, I will not show up in a way that will allow other people to connect with me in the way that I want to. And I think I can be with me and present and also be around other people that aren't with themselves and present. And then there's like a disconnect there. So I've been playing with how do I like not take that personally and like not make it about me because I think a lot of times I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is, there's something not there and I can check in with me first and say, am I not present with myself, which is possible. Or sometimes it's like, no, I actually think I am. And this person might not be present with themselves. And like, how can I just let that, that be theirs and know that I can show up to the best of my ability. And if like, there's still that disconnect, I get to choose what to do with it. And it might just be taking a break. It might be you know, choosing to maybe not invest as much time in that relationship. I don't know if you guys could hear that. My phone is talking to me. Um, investing as much time in that relationship. Maybe it is, I don't, you know, there's many different outcomes, but like reminding myself that I am in choice and like, can I, let that person process what they need to process and trust that they'll come back and we'll be connected when we're both ready to be connected. What's coming up for me in that is, which is not answering the question, but what just came up for me is that connection to others doesn't have to look one way. And so being present with another person wherever they are is, um, I don't know, I guess, I, I don't know how I've, I haven't totally tied it back to 
the presence piece, but the what came up for me really loud was that being present to the situation as it is and like remembering, I don't, okay, maybe this is it. Presence doesn't necessarily mean that you're in physical presence with somebody. Like it doesn't have to be that you are holding hands and hugging and like the, the connection piece can still be there and like the presence can still be there even if it doesn't, like, I guess it goes back to my first thought, which is present isn't peace. Presence isn't, you know, rainbows shooting out of your ass at the same time. What I'm reminded of is that you are, when I, when I can um, be present and accept and allow myself in the moments of, of you know, the experiences that I'm having, it almost puts me into an observer perspective where I can then see the other person in their discomfort and either choose to connect or not connect to it. Um, and then, and then, but still feel a connection because I'm experiencing it. It's almost like what you talked about earlier from the clarity perspective, my clarity is so different. And so I'm actually seeing the interaction in a very different, from a very different lens or perspective than if I'm not present with myself. And Janelle, I think you, that's what you were kind of saying. Like when, when you're present with yourself, you have that ability then to, to connect with the other person. There's a, a, another component to me, which is that allowing of that other person's discomfort for them, but not taking it on. And so when I'm present and connected to myself, I don't take on the other person's discomfort next to necessarily, but I can connect in a different way. Maybe I connect heart space to heart space, or I connect to the, the part of that person that I know is, is comfortable and powerful. And, you know, so I can connect in a different way is what comes up for me. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of the, con there's a concept of meta presence that I learned in one of my trainings. And as a coach, it's, it's something that I, we cultivate where, how can I be aware of me and what's happening here while I'm also holding a container for what's happening for this other person. And so that meta, that meta presence allows me to be connected with the experience of the other person without making it me, um, allowing myself to honor their experience, but still being a part of that meta, that meta, I think they actually said meta awareness and I just made it meta presence, <laughs> which is, I kind of like it better actually, because there's a lot in that too. And so I guess, I guess what I'm realizing in the question is th that, that play of where your presence starts to include other people's experiences in the world and maybe beyond and and being able to allow those layers to exist as they are and to know where which layer you're playing with i think um again what comes up for me is the being in your body so like we have the term be where your feet are is a it is a reminder for presence just be where your feet are and think about that Again, the feet are coming up. So the focus on the, but the focus on when I'm in the presence of somebody else, focusing on my presence, it, you know, we talk about it at Thrive. We talk about that interplay. Like when you're, co when you're coaching somebody, there's this kind of 
um, dance, we call it. And there's a dance between the coach and client. Um, and so I think that that's no different in, it's almost like being present in the dance. For, for sure. Me. And that goes beyond coaching. Too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, coaching, you're holding a slightly different space, Definitely. but, but it's that same concept of like, absolutely. I, can I make, can I be in my own presence? Am I connected to my own presence? If I'm not, if I'm not even on my in my feet, then like, it doesn't really matter the other person. I'm totally outside of myself if that's the focus. But when I can be where my feet are in my own presence, connected to this moment. And now I, I think actually Judy, you and I had a coaching session once where I landed a few times. Can I honor, can I be who I am while you are being who you are? Mm -hmm. And can I honor both of those experiences, allowing you to be the fullness of you without getting rocked too much and staying in the experience of me um, and just playing with that, playing with when I can't and playing with when I can. And um, that was a lot of presence without saying presence. Agreed. If you don't have any other questions, I, I think this is like a great place to stop. I mean, this could, we could keep talking about this there. Like we said at the beginning, to me, I love concepts that are like so simple that they're actually, there's so much depth to them. And so I just appreciate this time with you both. And um, I know that we'll have more conversations in iterations and nuanced versions of this. Um, but before we wrap, in one word, Judy, lately or today, how are you living your true north? I would say energized. Mm. Janelle, do you feel like answering? I feel like you want to answer. Well, I don't have an answer yet, but I was wondering if the question was going to bounce over to me. Um, okay, give me like, hold on. I, this is counterintuitive to what we've been talking about, but what just came up was living my true north in peace, like peace and acceptance. Hmm. And I will say, <laughs> Eeyore is what came up. <laughs> I will explain. I am embracing my inner Eeyore as maybe one of my superpowers. And I have fought that part of myself for a very long time um, and shamed it, shamed that I'm like, I have a very depth well of deep emotions that are not always the joy emotions. In fact, most of the time they are not. And I can sit in that space a lot. And again, I've shamed myself a lot. So I'm finding my true north and my magic in my inner Eeyore. So that's my word today. So Judy, if people wanted to get in touch with you and or thrive, how could they do that? Uh, you can check us out at thrivehdc.com um, or email me directly, judy at thrivehdc.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I love you. Thank I you. Love you. So good. <laughs> so awesome. I, I feel like this one is like even more, I mean, all of them have been really good, but there, I don't know, maybe it's just where I'm at, but this one to me felt really like our best yet. 
<laughs> this has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. We are really excited to announce that if you've been enjoying these workshops, we're going to be doing a monthly workshop for most of 2021. More details to come. Please check it out. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Truth Collective underscore. Make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. There's a link on our Instagram and at our website to do that. And just stay tuned. Keep listening. We'll keep you all posted. Happy 2020 and on to 2021. We love you. Thanks, everybody.